branding. We've all heard about it, and most of us know how important and instrumental good branding can be to the success of a business, and photography businesses are no exception. In an industry where consistency is key and visuals are king, the importance of branding cannot be understated. Welcome to the Motherhood Anthology Podcast, photography education for a business you love. My name is Kim Box, and I'm your host with the collaboration and help of my co-hosts and business partners at the Motherhood Anthology, Jenny Kruger and Allison Craig. Today, you're in for a real treat as I'm joined by the founder of the Motherhood Anthology, Jenny Kruger. Jenny's joining me today to talk about a topic that she gets asked to weigh in on at least weekly in our online community, branding. Specifically, Jenny will be sharing tips on how to figure out your own brand and how to establish that brand as a means of amplifying the success of your own photography business. So without further ado, I present to you episode number 21 of the Motherhood Anthology podcast. Good morning, Jenny. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. How's that puppy? She's so good. She is going to be nine weeks. Actually, no, she's nine weeks today, two months today. For for you that are listening and don't know, Jenny just got a new golden and she's so pretty. You should check out her Instagram so you can see all her pictures, <laughs> but she's huge. She's so big. She's so big. So, I mean, you know, cause we got Allie from you. Allie was, I thought Allie was big and she thinned out a lot. I guess Rosie was the smallest puppy. We at least she was a tiny golden compared to these two, but Letty is huge in the best way. Like she's just so cuddly, sweet. She is a round, cuddly polar bear. (laughs) Well, I'm excited to talk to you, Jenny, this morning. I think I don't think there's any introductions needed, but we let's do a little (laughs) one just in case someone's listening to for the first time and they don't know a lot about the Motherhood Anthology. I'm excited to speak with my business partner here at the Motherhood Anthology and founder of the Motherhood Anthology, Jenny Kruger. And we are going to talk about branding and your style. And I think Jenny is just the perfect one to talk about these things. So I think because I think Jenny, you're just so so good at these things. And so, Aww. yeah, I've, I've told, told this before, but I remember the first time that I noticed you, I think it, I think it was Pinterest. I think I found your studio on Pinterest <laughs> and pinned just every image of your studio and just loved how beautiful it was and how your studio carried over to your images and your brand and your style. It was just like, everything was so lovely and beautiful. And so I just think you're, you're really good at this. And so I'm excited to chat with you today about it. Thank you. Gosh, that feels like such a long time ago that like, I think I know what pictures you're thinking of that were on Pinterest. I feel like Pinterest used to be like really huge for that kind of thing. And I use it less than I used to, but I know exactly what you're talking about. And it feels like such a different lifetime ago, but I think early on, I just really knew that like I wanted to be different and stand out and, and more so that I had to be to make it kind of. And so aside from the the business part and like the technical part and pricing and marketing and all of that, like I knew, I think I knew early on that like your overall brand and style, you know, as part of that was going to be really important to sticking around and having a successful business. So I really really got into that early and, you know, knew that that was a aspect that I needed to focus on. Is that something that comes natural to you? Do you feel like you just kind of have a gift? <laughs> well, 
I, I personally would not say so, but I guess because it's hard, sometimes it's hard for me to articulate that or nail it down or like make people see it for themselves, like to do their own, that maybe, maybe it does. (laughs) Like maybe that is, it's just a natural thing. Like I always say, like, you know, even as far as like shooting, nobody can shoot just like you are, because like, if you're shooting from a place of authenticity and, you know, really doing anything in your business from that, it should feel pretty natural and it should be almost unexplainable in a good way in that it just, it just naturally comes out. And so, yeah, I think, I think maybe I am. (laughs) So are you one that would ever hire like a graphic person or an interior designer, or are you, oh no, no, I got this. Like, I know this <laughs> well, you know me that I am, I like to do it all myself <laughs> because I do, I actually am not very DIY. I would say as I've gotten older and as I have, for lack of a better term, like my bank account has been healthier. <laughs> um, right. I have been less and less DIY and I'm like, just hire somebody for that. Just hire somebody for that, which uh, my husband does not love. <laughs> even more DIY, but in my business, I, I do not like to let things go. And I do like to do it myself because I think it, it does come down to that. I really do feel like it's hard to perfectly articulate. And so it just, if I can just do it myself, it will come out naturally and just how I want it. But I have, I have in the past hired graphic designers to do, I used to have a custom like gray watercolor script logo that was like really, really popular for a time. And so I did hire somebody to do that. My first, actually my first logos I purchased and hired people, but now now I've done it myself. So what does that tell you? (laughs) So little known fact, I don't know if many of you know about Jenny, but another thing that I found in those early days on Pinterest, you, you, you had a you sold logos, you designed and sold logos. Do you remember that? I do. Yes. I think that was like right around the time where I was like, I cannot find anything that I want. And like, and that's pretty much like how my business and my business's style came about is I couldn't find what I wanted at the time. I couldn't have afforded it, even if I could have found it, but you know, I couldn't find what I was looking for in terms of style and colors and just the way that images were photographed. And so I thought, well, if I can't find it, I'll just do it myself. And it was kind of the same way with those as I was playing around with my own and realizing that like things that I was seeing out there, I didn't really love and thought, well, well, I can do this. (laughs) So yeah, I did do that for a while. And then it just got to be, you know, you can only do so much. (laughs) So let's just dive in. Like there's a lot of talk in our community about branding. So what does that mean exactly, Jenny? Like, what does that mean to you, your brand? Yeah. So I think one of the biggest misconceptions is when people say like, I need new branding or I need to work on my brand is they think just visual. Um, And so that is like, you know, logos, colors, things like that. But really the overall brand of a company or a business or an artist or a person, like any kind of entity that you're selling and marketing is basically how that company or artist or person makes people feel and what it says about the people who are purchasing, what it says about them to purchase from your company. So, you know, translated to what we do, that is kind of like how my photography business makes 
clients feel, makes inquiries feel, and what it what it says about them if you hire me. So I want people that become my clients to feel a certain way about hiring me and feel a certain way about themselves. And I think we see that a lot with viral products. I don't own one, but I'm thinking of like the Stanley Cup right now. Is that what they're called? Do you yes, have one of those? Uh-huh. Okay. I, I'm actually at the point where like I refuse to look at them or buy them for other reasons, like for just because I'm like, I don't want to be the same as everyone else. And so like, I'm refusing to buy one, but I know I actually just saw on Instagram, there was like a post about why. Oh, I read why that too. Yeah. I, it was good. Yeah. I don't remember who it was. It might've been Tonic. I think it was. Uh-huh. I think it was, which they have great website. This is a total tangent, but they have great websites and like Canva graphics, slides and stuff like that. So shout out to them since we're talking about this, but they put a post about like why it became the like viral sensation that it did. And it's, you know, it really comes down to like how it makes people feel about buying one of those cups, because like, it's just a cup, you know, everything's, it's just a cup. It's just a picture. It's just a start. Like, it's just a coffee, but like, what does it say about you to go to Starbucks every day or whatnot, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It could be anything. And so I think in a, it has to be like a really broad sense about what your business makes people feel and like what it says to use you as a photographer and as a business. That was long-winded. No, <laughs> not at all. I was, I was, I was thinking we could do a whole podcast on that. Right. The Stanley. <laughs> it was really, really good. Everyone should go check it out. Yeah. But, so I think they also talked about how the influencers took the cup and didn't sell it as a cup. They they sold the benefits and the problem solved yeah. as a cup. And so I thought that was um, really interesting. But yeah. So Jenny, what did, so when you say that a brand is how you make your client feel, so what would you say your brand, like, what are you trying to say with your brand? So for me, and I think it's interesting because I think you can look at my visual branding and stuff over the years. And like that has changed and like evolved and grown and like tweaked as we've gone. But like either way, my actual brand of my business has always remained the same. And I think when you start from a place of, you know, again, authenticity and honesty about like what you're doing and like why you're really doing it, it's easy to build that and kind of show it. And so for me, yes, it's like families and newborns and things like that. But it's really about like the connection between, you know, as a mother and like as a parent, if you want to just make it a little more general, even because I didn't have that in photos. And so for me, I didn't have that when I was little in photos. And I didn't have that with my oldest when he was little, because like I said, partially we couldn't afford it at all, but also I couldn't find what I was looking for, you know, like at the time, posed and like, it was either very, very post newborns or very, very colorful lifestyle contrasty kind of in home work. And so for me, I didn't want any of that and couldn't have afforded it if I could find it anyways. And so like building my brand to give clients what I really wanted was important to me. So like that motherhood connection, that like soft, organic feeling luxury, minimal, but like really like detailed in the emotion that was, that's kind of big for me. Okay. So what, how do we, okay. So if we know what we're trying to portray, let's talk about how do we 
how do we portray that to our client? What, what are the building blocks, would you say, to <laughs> knowing I want this to be my brand and then actually translating that to the client? Where do we begin? Yeah. So that's where it gets to be a little bit of the harder part, but you want to have like everything that you're doing in your business support that brand. So like whatever that goal or vision or the why behind your business, however you want a client to feel about your company, you have to have those pieces to support it. So that does come down to like the visual branding. So like your logos, colors, fonts, things like what your website looks like, even like what it doesn't look like, which I know sounds kind of strange, but I think sometimes when we want to like try so, so hard to convey something, we often put more out there and sometimes like taking away actually elevates your brand or gives more information than, than actually having more in more things on your website, if that makes sense. And then social media presence, things like how are you showing up in stories? Does that support what your brand is about? A really good example, like between me and Allison, one of our other partners, she is a little more, I would say outgoing and funny and just like joking and, you know, likes rap music and incorporates that into her stories and things like that. And she still has a very, very high-end brand. But if you compared our two social medias, it would be pretty different. Like you could see the differences there. And so even just down to little things like that, that all should, every time you, you, it should become automatic eventually. Like it shouldn't be this hard, but every time you post or do something in your business, you should say to yourself, like, does this support the message I'm trying to portray as my company? I think that consistency you talk about, like, as far as your website and all the pieces, social media, I've heard you speak about starting with in your images and your work. So what tips do you have for people when they're trying to even really kind of find their style, their brand with their images? I know there are a few tips that I've heard you give as far as like shooting locations, time of day. You want to share a few of those things? Yeah. So there's a few questions that I always have people ask themselves when they're trying to like solidify their brand and things like that is really ask yourself, like, what exactly do you want to shoot? I'm not saying that you can't shoot everything, but I do think the more defined you can make what you photograph, the more defined you can make your brand. And so just nailing that down, things like what problems do you solve for your clients and really making that part of your brand. What about what you're doing, like either your background or your services or how you run things like sets you apart from other photographers. That was a really big thing for me at the start is, you know, like any location I opened my business and thought, okay, great. There's 500 other photographers within a mile of me, right? Like <laughs> I think, um, I don't know that anybody could not say that. I think that's a, you know, Right. problem, quote unquote, that everybody has in any location. And so not only does it not really matter, but it's just, you know, if you can open your company or your business and think about like, okay, I don't want to do what everyone else is doing. Like, how can I be different? Things like that. And then really say to yourself, like, why should your inquiries hire you over someone else? Like, obviously, you want them to, because like, you want the money, you want the session, you want to get paid, but like, there's got to be a deeper reason, you know, would you hire you? If you, if you look at 
just for example, say pull up your website and then 10 other websites for photographers within a one hour drive from you. Um, would you look at your website compared to theirs? And I'm not talking like compare pricing and things like that, just overall feeling and brand and style of images and things like that. Would you hire you over somebody else? And if you wouldn't, you know, really think about why and what you could change to make that an instant yes and things like that. Another good one is like, what are five words that you would want associated with your brand? That kind of helps narrow down. And then you can like take those words and build on them and like expand on them. And then, you know, of course, things like being consistent with not only what you shoot. So if you do want to, you know, kind of be a little more, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, specialized in only shooting, you know, these three kinds of sessions or things like that. You know, you don't have to photograph everything under the sun, or even if you do, you don't have to share it. It doesn't have to be a part of your brand and then how you're shooting it. And that could come down to, you know, your lens choice, different focal lengths create very, very different images. And that's a choice, your lighting and locations, the colors in your images, which, you know, wardrobe makes up part, a lot of that, you know, the colors that you're going to be left with, but things like that, like those are choices that you really can and should have some control over as the artist. So Jenny, if we do that, if we look at our website and we're not happy with our brand, what do we do? Where do we start? Do we (laughs) do, do we delete everything and start over? Like, what do you recommend? (laughs) Yeah. Just wipe it clean. No. (laughs) Well, I think Allison said she did that, right? Yeah. So if it's two parts, you know, if it's really, truly just not even anywhere close to what you have envisioned in your head, what is authentic to you, what you can do best naturally. Yeah. You could just totally wipe it clean. And I say that more for in terms of images. So if you, and we'll chat maybe a little more about this later about picking things out of images, but if you, you know, open your social media or website portfolio, whatever, and you look at your images and you're like, this is not, these are not coming out how I want them to. They're not even close. Like, this is not what I want to photograph. This is not what I want them to look like. Yeah. Like wipe it clean. That's okay. Um, If your website, if you are okay with your images and you're just, your website is not holding up and doesn't look high-end enough or doesn't match what your images are trying to say, you know, you don't, you kind of want to avoid any disconnect. So if you, if you open your website and you're like, there's a disconnect here of what my images look like or what I want them to look like, or what I copy says and what I want it to say, you know, you can hire copywriters to help you tweak that. You can hire graphic designers to kind of redo an entire website for you and work on the visuals parts of that. That makes a big difference. You know, first impressions are huge. And so if if your website and even the first look at, you know, say your Instagram grid is not what you would want a client to see, then change it as quickly as you possibly can. So you mentioned the exercise picking images and let's talk about that. So... (laughs) Yeah. So one thing that I used to do when I was teaching in-person workshops, which has been quite a few years, but this is one of my favorite exercises is I would have the attendees that were coming. I would tell them in advance to pick out 10 of their favorite images of theirs, print a five by seven, four by six, whatever they want, just a small image of it. 
and bring those 10 favorites to me. And then in the workshop, we would lay them out and I would have them either write down or verbalize or both every single thing that they loved about each image. So honestly, the more details, the better. Even something like as small and silly as like this type of flower on this dress, you know, things like that. Literally, like the more you can pick out and pull out from an image, uh, the better. And I always, I always use this analogy for like a lot of things, but it's if you think of like a puzzle and you have all these puzzle pieces, if you put all the puzzle pieces together correctly, like you get the image that you want out of it. And so like all of those pieces separately, like represent different things. So maybe, maybe in all of your images, they're all outside at golden hour and they all show, you know, sun through them. Like that should tell you like a really big piece of information about what you love and about your style and what you should like keep going and what you should promote. I think sometimes photographers kind of get lost in the big picture and don't take those little things and use them to like build their brand and build their business on when those things are sitting right in front of you. And so if you can pick out all of the things and all of those images that mean the most to you or that you love the most and then replicate them and make them make them your brand, that can be huge. So I want to back up, Jenny. Um, in the beginning, we talked a little bit about part of your brain, like setting yourself apart by being different. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder, like, like you said, everyone ha- has probably a saturated market these days. Like there's so many photographers and there's so many good photographers. Like, I, yeah. What, what do you think given that, what can people do to set themselves apart and be different? So I can give you things that I used that I wouldn't necessarily say, are that anymore. Um, (laughs) At the time, it's been about 10 years, maybe 11 years since I started a client wardrobe. And that was not, that was not a thing at the time. And so for me, it, it was partially, you know, trying to offer my clients something that was different, but also partially about, uh, it just came down to that brand and that style of like, this is what I know I want my images to look like. What are all the things that I can do to help support that. And one of those things was close my clients and say like, you should wear this because this looks the best in my images. And at the same time, it was also a benefit to them of them not having to go shopping or spend money and figure out what to wear. I always tell this story, but like I actually canceled my maternity session with my oldest, who's now 13 and a half, because I felt so uncomfortable, like going into it that I didn't know what to wear. Like I got the standard, you know, wear bright colors and avoid this and this. And it was like, I ended up buying like this bright purple shirt from old Navy and like black pants. And like, that wasn't me at all. And like, I didn't want my pictures to look like that. And I thought to myself, like, these are going to be horrible. Like why? And so for me, it was about really like making sure that my clients felt that they were going to look good in their images and that their images were going to be consistent with what I had shown previously. And so anything you can do to set that up, set your clients up and yourself up for success for me is huge. Another thing that I started doing was welcome boxes. I noticed in the wedding industry, you know, people were sending gifts to clients that had just booked. So like bride and groom or whatever, 
they would send a little gift in the mail because they booked and then they might not photograph that wedding for a year or two and things like that. And I thought to myself, like, I'm charging a session fee up front. So my client is booking me and giving me that money. And then, you know, if it's a newborn session and they booked early, I might not talk to them again for nine months. And not that there's anything wrong with that. Like, that's how you do it. Like, that's totally fine. I'm not saying that, but it just felt like it felt kind of icky is not the right word, but for lack of a better term, it felt kind of icky to like, kind of like woo them and, you know, convince them to book me, you know, whether that's via email or phone call or in-person consults, anything like that, send them the contract, send them the invoice. They booked it. And then like radio silence. And so I thought, what can I do to kind of like, number one, thank them for choosing me and be different. You know, it's all about like, what can I do to be different? And just kind of let them know that like, you didn't just pay this invoice and now I'm like ghosting you until your session. And so for me, the welcome box for portrait clients of sending them kind of like prep guides and like a small gift and things like that in the mail, like actual snail mail was not something that everyone was doing at the time. And so for me, that was, it killed like two birds, one stone. It was great for all of those reasons. And so things like that. Um, but it's hard, like it's hard to think outside the box and not be, not want to just continue what like you're seeing everybody else be successful at and try to think of your own things and try to stand out. Right. I think (laughs) I heard someone say one time that if you want to do something to really stand out, provide excellent customer service, because you would be surprised how many people don't get that. Just like being prompt with replies and just going above and beyond just with just with customer service, how much that would be appreciated and noticed. And I think that's true because like, don't you when you go to like, you know, Chick-fil-A and or whatever the business is where you're like, wow, that was exceptional service, you know, for fast food or, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, I think I was someone. Oh, I bought a refrigerator at Home Depot this week. And the girl that helped me was so helpful and so kind. And I mean, by the time I left, I knew about her children and her, like, you know, and, and she at the very end said, if you wouldn't mind, would you, you know, do an online survey with, you know, feedback on my service? And I was like, absolutely, because (laughs) it was so warm and wonderful that it made her stand out. And I thought that's such a great lesson in business. Just like, you know, we're always looking for these grand gestures, but really if you just provide great customer service and make people feel seen and heard and Mm -hmm. love on them a little bit, like that's really kind of all we have to do. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I think that's really underrated. Like I think, I don't know if it's just because, you know, you and I, you've been doing this longer than I have, but even I have been doing this like 13 years. And I don't know if it's just because we've been in the game a little while, but I think it's, it is really underrated. And there are so many photographers that are, you know, not answering phone calls, not answering emails right away. And I don't mean like, you know, get out of bed and answer an inquiry right away, but like within a reasonable amount of time or getting back to their clients, I've heard horror stories about you know, photographers saying your images will be ready in two weeks and it's four weeks, six weeks and clients are having to chase them down. And like, if you can not be any of those things, like you're already ahead of 
the 500 other people, you know, down the block. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So client experience is such, I think, a part of your brand. And like, I think back, so I'm not shooting as much now, but I think back on the things I did wrong and the things I did right. And I think so often like that repeat customer, Mm -hmm. they could have gone somewhere else and gotten it cheaper. They could have gone somewhere else and gotten it better, probably like, but they kept coming back because they, I think they felt a connection and loved me. Mm-hmm. And I think really that's what your brand, like if, if you do your brand well, that's what it is. Like it's you on your website. It's you and the client experience. It's you and the images, like whoever you are, just like amplify that and try to get to know your people. And I think that just that, that relationship piece of that pie is so important. Yeah. And then it's just really authentic. Like if you are being authentically you and you are building you into your brand, you know, clients can tell the difference between you being authentically you and starting this versus, you know, somebody who's just going around and taking this from this photographer, this from this photographer and like putting it all together and mashing it up, but it's not really anything that they came up with or that they truly feel like is their themselves and like to their core, like, this is what I believe in. And I think clients can feel that. And just, it's, it's easier to just be natural. Like it's easier to not have to fake something right. in anything with a client, with anybody. And so if you can just let that be, you're not fighting like upstream, swimming upstream. What's that? Like, yeah. don't swim <laughs> upstream. Like why? don't make it harder for yourself. And that's kind of like, you know, what I go back to with like those 10 images and that exercise is like, pick out all the things that you love and want to replicate and then like keep replicating them. Like don't keep trying to be something you're not. And it's so much easier that way. Yeah. And just one more thing on the client experience. Like I had, um, I've shared this inside the membership, I think, but um, just looking for those moments where you can just instead of like, we, like I said, the grand gesture, but more of those like random acts of kindness, so to speak. So my grandparents live next door and they're 90 and 91 and they had a diabetic cat that was probably worth (laughs) $20,000. They spent so much money on medicine and vet bills for this cat. And I had my grandfather set up on auto ship with Chewy. And so just at 91, like navigating that all online is a little bit of a challenge. And yeah. so, but when the, the poor cat finally passed away and so he contacted Chewy, I'm sure by phone and I'm sure, you know, he wears hearing aids. So he's got a little trouble hearing. So a phone conversation with online, like he was trying to cancel the auto ships and all that. I'm sure it was a long conversation. And so he called and told me like a few weeks ago, he said, can you believe that we just got a dozen roses and a sympathy card in the mail from Chewy. And I thought, oh my gosh, like that is like, we talk about purple cow moments, like the book, the purple cow and like your brand, like they just created in me, wasn't even my cat, but like a customer (laughs) life because they took the time. I knew they, they were patient with my grandfather and helped him deal with that. And then they sent them flowers and a card, like, if we just look for moments like that in our businesses where we can do just simple things that say so much 
Yes. Like just going above and beyond, like doing the unexpected and it doesn't have to be, you know, anything big. Like I, um, I have a client that has a dog and she's come to, I guess she's come to just one session last spring and they lost their dog, um, maybe a couple of months ago. And so I had pictures of her and I, and they're like amazing clients. Like they have come for so many sessions and have done albums and frames and I just love them. And so I thought like, I have these pictures, like, what can I do? And so I went on to Musea and I ordered just a small, um, framed print of their dog and, you know, sent it to them. And I get a text one night and she was like, I don't know if I put in a card, but it must've not made it or she must've not seen it. And she said, is this from you? Like, oh my God. And I was like, yeah. And I had already told her that I was so sorry to hear about her puppy and all of that stuff. And, you know, this was obviously weeks later because it takes some time to order and ship that and make that and all that stuff. And, um, you know, that was that. And then the next day on social media, she had taken a picture of it and she was like, ranting, not ranting, raving. <laughs> I was going to say ranting and raving. It's like, no, no, no. Didn't go that way. Just raving about like my brand and my business. And I didn't even like do it thinking that, you know, that she would share it or that it would honestly be even that big of a deal. But like, it was a really big deal to her. And I think we underestimate like what those little things do mean to people, you know, like with Chewy, like it, it probably took them just a few minutes and to send them that. And for you guys, like that was such a big deal. Right. It's so sweet. So Jenny, what do you, what are the biggest mistakes that you see people making with their brand? Would you say? Ooh, okay. So I would say number one is, which I probably have beat this into your heads by now, but, um, not being like authentic or, you know, just copying like what you see as successful. I think it's really hard, which I get it. It's hard not to, because like you see X, Y, Z doing this and it's working and it looks great. And so you're like, well, I I should do that too. But probably the biggest mistake is just not being authentic and different and original, which kind of goes back to that purple cow book, which is one of our favorites, but you know, nothing is remarkable if it's all the same. And so you really want to stand out and be different obviously in a good way. (laughs) So anything you can do to stand out biggest mistakes as well for me, just because I'm kind of in like the more high end, like luxury space of pricing and overall brand and company. And obviously like, that's what I teach and want people to be as well. I think uh, less is more. So a lot of times people are trying to do, like I said, cram a lot of you know, you want to be helpful. You want to give them information. You want to cram it all in and show everything and anything. But sometimes I think just like less is more is so much better. Is there one tip for those that want to be in that luxury uh, market? Like one good tip or. I would say the best thing to do would be obviously start with your pricing that I know that's not branding related, but your pricing does alone, if you change nothing else, like your pricing does communicate something, you know? And so a higher price automatically communicates that your brand is higher end, you know, more expensive, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so that alone can make a big difference, uh, really going through your images and your portfolio and saying like, you know, does this look like an image everyone else has photographed? Does this look like an image that anybody in anyone could photograph. Is there a distinct style here? I think, um, 
I think we all, even if we haven't verbalized this, but like, I think internally, we all know that a company or a store that is more specific and more specialized kind of automatically commands a higher price and commands a bigger, um, I guess like respect as like a company, if you want to like go as far as to say that, you know, like Target and Walmart, you know, they're kind of selling everything. Whereas a small boutique that only sells these five items and is really, really specific, like you might pay more, whether it's, whether the actual thing is better or not, whether you could get like a lookalike at Target, a smaller brand that is more specific um, can just charge more automatically for that. And in your mind, you think that it is nicer or better or higher quality or means more to you. I had a um, realtor friend once tell me that she listed a lake house and it was a steal, like it was the best buy on the, on the lake. And this was back in the day of listing it in the paper. And Mm -hmm. so she said, she just thought that someone would snatch it right up and it sat and it sat and it sat. And she said, Hmm, she said, I think it's too cheap. People think there's (laughs) something wrong with it. And she said, I added like, I can't remember how much, but a lot to the price and relisted it and it sold the next week. Isn't that funny? Just because of, you know, price communicates that something's great or there's something wrong with it. Um, Yeah. I know for me, even personally, like I, like I have, I don't know, let's just say sweatpants from Target that were what, maybe 20, $30. And then I have sweatpants from Mate made the label. It's, it's like a really small, like organic, but like what it's a really small company that is green and organic and whatever, like they're, they're supposed to be so much better. And honestly, like, I I don't know if they are, maybe they are, but they're like, you know, five times the price. And so for me, I'm like, I don't want to wear my mate sweatpants. If I'm going to be like laying on the floor with the puppy, for example, like, I'm not going to put those ones on. I'm going to put the target ones on when maybe the target ones are actually more comfy anyways, like, or right now I'm, to be honest, I'm wearing airy, uh, sweatpants and they're my favorite. And they were probably the cheapest sweatpants I own. (laughs) And so it's like, why, why do we automatically think that those mate sweatpants that are like, you know, $200 or whatever are so much better. And we're like almost afraid to wear them because we don't want to ruin them because they're so much nicer. Like (laughs) it's kind of like that kind of thing. And that can be literally applied to anything furniture in your house. Just, I think we value or put more value on something that we've paid more for. And so that to me was like a big wake up call for my business is that whether my pictures are better or the same or worse than somebody who charges a quarter of what I do or a half of what I do or whatever it is, I wanted them to be valued more either way. Oh, we can talk about some of the benefits of like having a distinct and consistent style. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Those are some good ones. So I had, I had written a few notes for this, but for me, like, I think a lot of times like photographers will ask, you know, why does it matter if I'm, if I have five different editing styles or if I shoot in 20 different locations or, you know, I, I'm showing like everything that I can do and how much I can do and shouldn't that be appealing to a client? And I think I wouldn't necessarily call that a mistake, but I think it's a mistake in the term of it's harder to brand that. It's harder to 
really nail down and like say like, this is what I do. This is what I am. This is what I believe in. And this is what I'm going to give you if you're not doing that. And so for me, I think one of the benefits of having that nailed down is clients really do want to know what they're going to get. And I think they'll pay more or be more comfortable with spending more in the long run if they feel confident that they are going to get exactly what they see um, in your portfolio. And if it's all consistent. So I know that personally, like I, I'm not going to hire a photographer if they have like a few different editing styles or things look different, like drastically different from session to session, because then I'm as the client, I'm going, I'm going to pay you all this money. And I really don't know what my photos are going to look like. And that to me, it could be like partially a personality thing, but that to me is terrifying. (laughs) Like, I don't want that. Um, And then the other thing is like, if you do set up those things, you know, for me, it's about certain lighting, certain locations, certain colors, things like that. If you do set those things up and those are kind of your parameters, you actually get more creative freedom with your client and that like emotion and connection versus like the outside influences. A good example for this would be, and again, like people who do really, really intricately pose newborns and like all the different props, like that is a hundred percent like an art form. I couldn't do it. Um, it's not my thing. Like I'm not trained in it. I don't, it's not what I love, but like, I completely respect how good those people are at it. But for me, that looks more like I'm being creative with this prop and this prop. And it is like, you are being creative with those things, but I want that creativeness. Is that a word? Creativeness to come mm-hmm. from like not having those distractions and those outside influences there and having that creativeness come from their connections and from just simple poses between like, you know, a three-year-old and her mom and things like that. And so for me, it's been easier to be, to get those images when I'm not worried about changing everything for every client to be different. Um, Other reasons, benefits of like really nailing down your brand. I would say is it helps your work be really recognizable, which automatically like helps your brand and your reputation. So I think a lot of people would say like they see an image of mine or yours or Allison's and they can be like, oh, that's a Jenny Kruger image. And like, that's the goal is like, I want somebody to see those images and especially like not even photographers, but like clients or potential clients in our area, like to see that and and instantly know that that's mine. Yeah. I heard, um, I think I've shared this before, but I heard at a workshop, someone said once that um, they said, I don't care if people love what I do, but I care that they recognize or know what I do. Meaning like if they can look at an image and, and know that's mine, that's all I really care about. Like, because exactly your style is recognizable. Your people that love your work will find you, you know? Right. Um, And so that, that always stuck with me. And like, um, Josh and I, like our work, I think our, we, we're always known for really strong black and white images Mm -hmm. of children. Um, and like, I always loved when someone said, I saw that and I knew that was yours. Right. Like, isn't that the best compliment? Like, I mean, there's so many different styles and there's so many different photographers that are like amazing and great, but like there has to be more than that to like really have a brand that stands out. And I think that's a huge part of it is just that consistency and that recognizability. Right. And two, like 
when you have that, then you attract the clients that know exactly what they're going to get, love exactly what you do and want that, which in turn means no, you know, micromanaging from that client, way less unhappy clients. And you really repel the ones who would not be happy with what you deliver, which is the goal. (laughs) And then we kind of touched on this, but you can charge more when you have a specialty, you know, and that doesn't necessarily have to be a specialty in, I only photograph newborns. It could be a specialty in that I photograph, you know, these four things, but it's only in this location or it's only in this style or it's only in these colors or, you know, your editing is like really, really specific and like different. It could be like anything, like you don't have to specialize in genre, but it could be that. Um, But there's so many different ways to specialize and things like that. And I, you know, like I said, I think you can automatically get away with charging more for that. So Jenny, I think like for me personally, and I think as creatives, we're kind of notorious for never being happy with a website or brand or (laughs) never quite there, you know, something we're always working on. So that's my final question for you is like, are you happy with your brand as it is like completely, or are you like us? Are you always thinking like, Oh, I've got to do this. I've got to fix this. I'm always, always fighting with myself in my head to follow everything I just said and not tweak all the live long day. (laughs) Like I, there's always like a, a constant battle between like, be consistent. Don't change. Like obviously the the least amount of times you can change up your website in terms of like overall branding, you should update images and stuff like that. But the least amount you can change your logo or, you know, secondary marks or colors, things like that, the better, but it's really hard to not want to tweak, especially when you're doing it yourself. It's just so easy to do. And so, no, I would say, well, yes and no. I'm very happy with like how everything looks overall, like my brand in general, like I'm in a good place with my work and what I do, but I think as artists and like, even as a business person, like I always want to get better. I always want to do more. And I, I'm always like in a weird spot of personally, like I really, really value consistency and I really value lack of change. And so for me, it's easy to get into a spot of shooting the exact same way over and over again, which I think, like I said, really has its benefits. Like I, I want that as a client, but I also want to still grow and like sneak in, you know, just even like a slightly different new pose or new idea or new bench. You know, I'm always ordering and getting rid of furniture or benches in my studio just to like change things out a little bit. Like either way it it falls under my brand and style, but just like those little tweaks of constantly wanting to just be like slightly different or grow a little bit. And I think like my work has definitely, and my brand has changed over the past 13 years. So I think it's in unavoidable that that happens. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it's not just me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we're all guilty of it. And, you know, it's so hard because we see there's so many great brands out there and we see all these things and, you know, we see people locally or even not locally. And we're like, oh, that's pretty. And like, you know, it's, it's hard to not look at that stuff. And I try really hard to not look at that stuff, but you know, 
I, I'm going to have to start like keeping a notebook because I say that a lot. So I heard somewhere, <laughs> I learned somewhere. I'm not going to get anyone credit, but I you heard need to somewhere. write a book that's called I Heard Somewhere. <laughs> yes. Put that on my list of things I wanted. Yeah. And it's just like the best quotes ever. <laughs> yeah. That would be an amazing. <laughs> and no one gets credit for any. <laughs> You're like, but I can't remember who said it. If it's you, <laughs> let me know and I'll write your name in there. <laughs> Oh, but uh, a great tip that I did hear is like, when you feel like you're in a rut, look outside of your industry for inspiration, because though we're all in this wonderful community of very talented photographers, like if you want to do a little something to set yourself apart, you know, look at art or interior design or, you know, floral design, or just like all the other beautiful things out there are very inspiring and will help you when you're trying to, you know, put your own spin on a, on your brand. I agree. I agree. I think some of like my best, best things that I've like incorporated or tweaked or like made my own have been from outside the newborn and family kind of portrait industry for sure. Well, this has been great, Jenny. Thank you. Thank you. This has been awesome. I could talk about this all day, but. (laughs) Hey, you said furniture. So I saw that pretty new bench you have the fuzzy bench yes where did that come from so this is a this is a really long story that one is from target it's the second one i've ordered is it mcgee and co i'm pretty sure i would be shocked if it wasn't but yes i'm pretty sure it's that it's definitely from target i ordered another one last fall and it just never showed up and there have been one billion and two emails between me and the company and finally a chargeback and so many things. And I, I really wanted that one, but this one is really pretty. It <laughs> caught my eye. Well, good, good. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jenny, have a good day. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I could sit and pick Jenny's brain for hours and hours. Couldn't you? I love that Jenny always teams her advice with encouragement and enthusiasm. Thank you, Jenny, for being such a cheerleader to all of us and for holding space for those that are navigating their way through the photography industry. We so appreciate you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we would love for you to leave us a rating and review. Those two things truly help us guide our plans for future episodes, and we sure do appreciate your feedback. One last thing before I share a great quote with you. Please join us in our free Facebook community if you have not already. Over there, you'll find a warm group of like-minded individuals navigating the ebbs and flows of their own photography business. Check it out at the Motherhood Anthology community on Facebook. Now, I think this quote fits today's episode so well. I love this word from Walt Disney. To be successful, you must be unique. You must be so different that if people want what you have, they must come to you to get it. From Ireland to yours, until next time, friends.